0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode from Setting in the Tone which is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, the Catalan Ninja Academy. Today's episode is all about the band Black Falcon. Stick around because I'll be telling you what that entails coming right next on today's show.
1: Hello
0: everyone and welcome to today's episode from Setting the Tone. As I mentioned back in the intro today, is all about the band Black Falcon. Um, Black Falcon are new to myself and I'm not sure how familiar you guys are out there in the world. So I'll just give you a little bit of information because um, last week I had an email from their PR um, to state that they had just released a brand new single, Alone As A God, which I'll be playing for you a lot later in the show to close up the show, as well as details of their brand new album, Skyburner, which is due for release the 22nd of October um we've you know there's youtube videos that i will put in there as well for the video um as well as um social media links that will include you know ordering links if you wish to do so so who are black falcon so black falcon are david ayers on vocals johnny hunter on guitar richard dale on guitar liam hunter on bass and lee dum on drums Um, if you like the best way i could describe black falcon since their formation in 2015, is that if you like bands like Baroness and Mastodon, you're kind of prog, then uh, you will be in love with Black Vulcan. So since forming in 2015, Black volcan has been making their presence felt with their particular brand of riff fuel, distortion-driven sounds, and have made the most of their time. Following their highly acclaimed debut EP in 2016. Living In Me, the band have released their first full-length album, Turnaround and Face The Sun in 2018, an anthemic high-energy body of work, uh, bolstering the band's unique blend of heavy riffs, smooth grooves, blistering guitar solos, thumping bass, and monolithic lyric hooks. The collection of works um, afforded Black Falcon several notable live shows throughout the UK, appearing in, at The Bloodstock in 2019, uh, as well as playing with the likes of Los Angeles, LA um, Guns, and 2000 rockers during the covid pandemic um of 2020 black falcon have remotely recorded and released a follow-up ep ego mortem machina which offered a preview of the band's latest incarnation following the departure of guitarist richard fisher and the introduction of richard dale uh, all of which was precessors their latest self-produced album in late 2021 so that's a little bit of fresh about black falcon um I really enjoy. It. So the funny thing is, you hear me joke with Johnny in the interview about um, when the day this um, press release was sent out to press and other elements within the industry, um, one of their, you know, one of their influences, their idols, Mastodon released their track as well. It's like I ah, just, you know, it's a little joke that we have. I noticed it, um, you know, Mastodon released their track and this came at the same time, and um, you know, i will give you a little bit of a review of the album as well. and I honestly like, like it. I, I love Master Dom. I love what they offer and I think Black Falcon, um Skyburners album offers that there's I'm not gonna go into like sort of technicalities, you know, and try and give you wowing statements like you know, crushing wrists, but it's all you know, you have got some there is groove, you can hear the metal groove, you can hear the there's amphemic in there, there's hooks. There's if you put it like I said, if you're a fan of you know Prog and Baroness and Mastodon and Keratalk you know and anywhere else like MMS, you are going to find a home for these guys and if you perhaps you know don't even like Mastodon but you like the genre then check out these guys they are phenomenal and um, hopefully you'll pick up on that the album comes out on the 22nd of October so um, we're just under a month for that release and the album sounds fantastic it really is awesome it doesn't sound out of place it doesn't you know you're going to put this in your collection and you're not going to feel like oh that's a bit poor i think you're really going to enjoy it and i think it's one of the the nice surprises for shall we say the uh, the grassroots music scene you know earlier in the year you heard me talk about how good Urn's, um serpent spirit is and um you know Urn are very much like a kind of mixed different genres prog metal and crossovers and i think these guys and these guys if they were on the show together you'd you know you'd pay your 10 pound whatever it was and you'd be a very very happy person at the end of the show um you know nice surprise you know for supporting the grassroots and i think that's really crucial that we all love our main bands don't we you know the bands that we go and see big on festivals but without the likes of these type of bands then there's nothing coming through so yeah overall a massive thumbs up from setting the tone we love skyburner here Uh, fantastic album can't wait for its release please be sure to go and you know check it out whether you're streaming it Picking up a physical copy, um, downloading it for iTunes or Spotify, whatever your you know your chosen platform is. However, you choose to listen to music, make sure you're supporting this and supporting grassroots music. It really is crucial. I can't say that enough. Um, next up, we will have our interview with Johnny, and like I said, to close out the show, I'll be playing you "Alone as a God" um, just to give you kind of an, an indication of what this album sounds like. And believe me, it's it's awesome. It really is cool. So stick around because that interview is coming next. Um, First, Johnny, welcome to Set and Sound. I want to say thank you for your time, for joining us today. Um, for those of you who don't know, Johnny is from the band at Black Falcon, um, and he's here to talk to us today about the album. We've got some questions for him, so looking forward to this one. Mm, likewise. So, Johnny, uh, for those of people that don't know, how did um, Black
2: Falcon come about? How was the, the, the journey, if you like? Do you, you mean, how did we start? Yes, sorry. I yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, no problem. Well, I was in a band um, mm. with Dave, our frontman, um, for years and years and years, uh, called Old School Enemy. Um, mm. A bit more of a rocky thing. Um, as then that sort of wound down, and you know, we were struggling to put together new material. We um, we just decided to basically start afresh. Um, we got uh, at the time we got different people in. So we had our previous bass player on, this was before we got my brother on bass, who we have now. Um, then we got a, a, a great drummer called Jamie Robinson in on drums, and then uh, Richard Fisher on, on the other guitar as well. Um, so that's how it all started from there, really. Um, it was just a kind of, okay, here's here's what we want to do, and, and here's you know who we think is going to be a really good fit for it. Um, we wanted to do something a little bit more technical, something definitely heavier. Um, so we brought out the first EP uh, called Living In Me back in 2015. Um, and it just all sort of spiraled from there and then members changed. So as Living In Me was coming out, um, Jamie had exited the band um, at that time. He just, he wasn't in a place where he felt he could continue doing it. So we that's when we got Lee on board. We already knew of Lee because he played for a really great band once upon a time called uh, Iron Rap, mm-hmm. who was still going um and we knew that he was free and it just so happened when we were looking for you know a replacement we saw we you know we, he put somewhere on his facebook that he was really interested in getting back into playing drums in a band again um and we knew who he was and we were friends with him and we thought it was really funny so we're like okay this is the guy for us uh my brother had already joined the band at this point as well on bass um and he's one of the you know he's one of the best bass players i've ever worked with and i'm not saying that because he's my brother i'm I genuinely mean it. Mm. And um, so we got him on board and, and then it all went from there. And then we went way in 2018 and did uh, the first album, Turn Around and Face the Sun. Uh, and when I look back on that now, I think that that was kind of a reflection of what we wanted to do like way back in the beginning. And it was a little bit too much of a rock album for me. And it's, it's you know, for me, that album still stands up, but it's not, it's not quite exactly what I had in my mind. So that's when we started the process of Skyburner, which is talking about now yeah um so that was yeah whole different kettle of fish which is probably an answer to a different question <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's it um uh, you mentioned about having your brother on board. what's that what's that like do, is it because obviously as brothers we all play rough and tumble we all fight and you know just family brother things is it is that is how do you kind of i don't know kind of keep the brother a bit aside but equally still be a brother and in a band
2: how does that kind of dynamic work well, we're both fortunate enough to have been doing this longer than we have and in varying different capacities. So at one point or another, we were exclusively doing music. We weren't, we didn't have a day job or anything like that. And again, in the same band. Um So we were working on some really different stuff with different people. We weren't doing the kind of music that we do now. And it's one of my reasons for, for stepping away from that. Mm. But um so i would already i'd already worked with him when we were younger and now that was a different story because that was reconciling that brother relationship much harder back then yeah but as we as we got older in sort of like our late you know mid to late 20s i think we just kind of grew up a little bit and because we weren't living at home we weren't spent you know we weren't in each other's pockets all the time so that kind yeah. of helped um but i think being being in a band made us less kind of like and spending as much time together as we do in that capacity made us less kind of conscious of the fact that we were brothers. Um, and it made us a little bit more kind of, you know, we were able to put that to one side and we kind of have a rule that's unwritten and it's unspoken, but it's kind of like you leave your, um, you leave your baggage at the door as you come in. Um, so, you know, we, we do this to kind of get away from all of that personal stuff that bothers us during the day that we whinge about. Um, so when we come into our space, that's kind of where we we close it off. So that helps too, knowing that we kind of we, we force ourselves into forgetting for one minute that we're ordinary people, and for you know <laughs> a few hours, a couple of times a week, we, we do this as a living. So. Right. Awesome.
0: That's um, awesome. So obviously, as you've said, the album is entitled Skyburner. Um, I believe it comes out next month. I want to—I can have a date here. I want to say the nineteenth. I think I could 20- be wrong. Twenty-second of October. Twenty-second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are the thoughts and emotions like right now? Because obviously, I appreciate it. it's not quite here, but it's—it's it's getting closer. Each day is getting closer to that album.
2: Yeah. Well, we we dropped the single uh two the first single two weeks ago, Alone as a God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music video for that. So it's it's tense. I always get. I always love this part of an, a cycle whenever we're putting out a release that, that sort of lead up to, to it actually dropping. So it's all finished. All of the, the, the work is done in terms of actually putting it together. But for me, that's when the real work begins because then we've, we've basically created this body of work that we're all immensely proud of. The work then begins on trying to, to, to get other people to believe that as well. So with, you know, we're now in a a process of just trying to get that out as you know that single out to as many people as possible because that's now our business card for this album that is what we chose as our our initial representative of that album we're just getting it out to as many people as we possibly can
0: 100 percent. i think you know it goes for all bands when you've you put you know you go through the cycle you're now invested you have got to live with that album love it or hate it
2: for what (laughs) roughly two years um one of the first things probably less than that, actually, thinking about it, because um, there is some other stuff in the works as well that is ready to go, in a sense. Um, So it won't be long until we kind of go through this process again, but we've already started to write whatever we do next after that. So we've got the next thing planned, and then the thing after that is, we've started. What that will be, I can't say, but We have those things in the works, so it's we have a good, solid timeline, and I think it will be more a matter of kind of holding our own eagerness at bay to kind of show it all off. Okay, I like that. You know,
0: keeping stuff in the back pocket. Uh, One of of the first things I noticed is that um, alone as a god, I noticed you got, I wouldn't say who you were influenced by, but for me, that single slaps like Keratort, Mastodon, um, Baroness. It just slaps all over us. And it's really weird because I think that single when I when it landed in my inbox for setting the tone, I think Mastodon had just put out their single, so I was like, yes. uh, I was like, oh, Mastodon singles all, wow, this is great. And then this comes in, I'm like, ooh, this is this is giving me an option, now, isn't it? So it's, I kind of when I was reviewing the single, I said, look, for those people that don't like Mastodon, perhaps you like Black Falcon. Go, yeah, you know, go over. it. It's a little bit more local to you, you know, it's, it's UK based as opposed to overseas. So. Um, I I would say kind of what are your influences, but for me that was kind of the influences straight away. Are there any others?
2: Well, it's it's always a really great compliment to hear whenever people say uh, they hear kind of a Mastodon vibe. As much as we want to make our own footprint and we don't want to be like anybody else, Mastodon to me are the greatest band in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I always think it feel it as a great compliment when somebody matches us up against a band of that caliber. At least to me, because I mean. I've had the pleasure of seeing them a couple of times, and uh, and and I can, you know, all I can always, always say is they're absolutely fantastic. It did rub me up the wrong way a little bit when I when we put out our single, and then on the exact same day, Mastodon put out their, their <laughs> single. I was like, okay, well, that's us so, so overshadowed. I mean, they don't know we're not on their radar, but I'm cert- they're certainly on mine. Uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of other influences, it's it's really broad. Um, so I mentioned that obviously me and my brother had worked on other stuff in other bands before Liam, uh, as much as he, you know, he's a really big fan of periphery, uh, and, bands, you know, animals as leaders, all that kind of stuff, but he's also really into his old school hip hop as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and his old R and B and all of that stuff. I'm a big, big blues fan. Um, uh, I'm also, I am into all he um, has stuff, um, a lot of psychedelic music, um, I'm a I'm a record collector. I'm up in the thousands now, so a, a quick flip through that might tell you all you need to know. Um, you know, Rad, the other guitar player, uh, he's like me in a sense. He's really into his Mastodon. Mutoid Man is a big shared influence of ours. Um, Lee Lee's just got the most broadest sense, and I believe yeah, I think I think he's the only one in the band that is really passionate about power metal, though. He lo- he loves him some cheesy power metal. Um, and then and Dave is uh, Dave's just as into Macedonian as the rest of us. We all we all love them, of course. But he's um, he's got again a, a really broad sense of of what he listens to, um, and he doesn't close his ears to anything. I'm a bit of a snob, I'm ashamed to say, but um, he really isn't. And uh, he you know he I mean he listens to a lot of dance music from the night as well. He's a big big Daft Punk fan, mm-hmm. um, so it's broad. It it comes in. Broad. And when we when we get right, we we know what the objective is an objective, but we we kind of understand that there are other things for us to take into consideration as well. Um, you know, so we're not trying to be uh, restrictive. You know, we can take certain like we we've done it before. We we heard a some obscure dance track. I can't remember what it was, and the melody sounded really cool. And I think I took it. <laughs> Why not? I think it really yeah. helps, you know,
0: having that diversity in your music. Like I think I do think that a lot of people look at us, rockers, alternative people, whatever, you, whatever we class us these days, and go, "Oh, that—that's they're single-minded." But we're not like you, you've talked yeah. about. You've talked about dance. You've talked about pop. You know, so much. It's same here. There's different cycles that I need sometimes to break away from those guitars. I need maybe some techno or some I don't know gangster
2: rap nwa or something just something different to listen to at that time for me it's always like i always revert when i when whenever i want to get away from the guitars and things like that and the the, the metal which is you know those occasions if you and far between i will listen to heavy metal period but whenever i don't want to listen to that i'll probably lean sort toward, maybe towards classical music um or a mic or, or you know in a lot of instances i'll go back to like a lot of Fleetwood Mac stuff too, and mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of big band and swing and things like that, so um that's when when I really want to get away from that and listen to something with a, a bit more uh, of an intricacy, Which then I'll probably go back to something like that. Okay. okay.
0: So obviously, making the album, um many bands have been making albums throughout the pandemic, some have been really fortunate where they've been able to do it all in one go, some have had to do it remotely, some have had to do it bit by bit. How How did you guys find making the album? Was there any challenges with it or were you quite fortunate hey pandemic we're gonna
2: smash it out well uh, when when the the pandemic first hit we were already in the process of putting out an ep called ego Mortem machina um and all of that had to be recorded remotely um but as time went on we as uh, that first lockdown ended and we could kind of get back to work um our practice space uh th- We were subletting it off a, another band who who called casquerade, and they had a recording studio upstairs. They left, and we took it um so the the rooms themselves are purpose built um Liam is a fantastic engineer and uh, you know already had an eye on what he wanted to do in terms of equipment and building up a studio, but it kind of just fell into our lap at exactly the right time in exactly the right place. So we were like, uh, this is too much like fate not to do it. So we moved into our own recording studio and we, I guess you could say, formed a bubble, as it were. And that meant that we could go in and do it. So now we have a recording studio of our own. We don't pay for studio time, which is glorious. Um, It just takes such a a massive amount of pressure off. And now we've reverted to a type of writing, which is completely alien to us and I'm sure to a lot of bands, where we sit and write the majority of the songs, at least in terms of structure, in the control room. Um, we'll jam out certain things in the live room, but we'll do a lot of it in the control room. And that's sort of how S- Skyburner was a cross between the two. We did a lot of it in the live room, and then we wrote some songs on the album just exclusively in the control room, pieced them together, then recorded them, then rehearsed them, figure it out, figured out how to do them live. Okay. That, was a really, that was a really strange way, but fun way of writing. And it also, um, it makes things less messy. So it's very simple for people to get carried away with an idea. Next thing you know, you know we've got uh, we've got all these pieces, and nobody knows quite what, how we how we're supposed <laughs> to structure it all. Um, and some people can get really eager. So it's it's nice to have a, a bit more of a controlled environment where you can sit back and focus on one particular element of the song and really build it up and get there. And it, you end up treating it almost like pre-production, less so than a writing session, and you get a vision straight away of how it's going to sound when it's laid down. Um, And that also takes away a lot of the kind of the arduous process later on down the line of like going, well, we like this one, but not this one. But yeah, I like this one, but I don't like that one, blah, blah, blah. And you end up having this massive committee about what should be on the album, what shouldn't, Um, but because you kind of already have it envisaged that a lot of that's taken away. So it was a different way of writing, definitely. Um, especially it's the first album with Radar new guitar player too. Um and he's he's just a riff machine, man. That guy's he's just got ideas coming out of his ears. Um, you know, just this morning he sent videos from his living room of I think four new riff ideas, three maybe, just like that. And it wasn't even nine o'clock. He just he just had them. So <laughs> Uh, and his dog's in the background looking really unimpressed, but it's it's really funny. But uh, yeah, it, it, so we, we have no shortage of ideas and this amazing space in which to do it, this purpose-built room. Um, so writing Skyburn, just, it, everything came so naturally. It took a long time as writing for us does. Writing for us does take a long time because we have what we call the, uh, uh, well, we, we just have a, a really high bullshit filler where we just kind of go, um, somebody will come up with, for argument's sake, like a transition idea from a verse to a chorus, or whatever you want to call it. And somebody will either go, "That sounds like that. That sounds like the simple, com- like less complicated way of doing it. Ergo, it's very lazy. Let's not do it." And it, and, it, and writing does become super, super lengthy. Um, so, it, but it's, it felt a lot more natural this time because. I don't know. I think it might have just been something about that space or the fact that we now had Rad on board or or we were just chomping at the bit to do it after being locked in the house and not being able to get into a room together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the fact that ideas are still forming and they're still coming thick and fast speaks to me that, you know, whatever that was that has made us churn this thing out isn't over yet.
0: No, it sounds healthy. It's like you say you've got stuff in the pocket to go forward. Uh, And there's (laughs) potentially like more stuff to go in the pocket because our days are still flowing, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. What's um, what are the kind of your hopes or aspirations for this album? Obviously, you want it to be well received naturally, Mm -hmm. that goes without saying. Is it, is have you kind of got like a target or any kind of bar that you've set?
2: Not really. I mean, I I certainly wouldn't say that we have a target in terms of like any kind of monetary thing or any kind mm-hmm. of numerical value that we would set on it i i don't think that we have ever set that bar for ourselves to be honest with you but i think what i would really like to achieve from this i mean i mean off the back of just knowing that we had something like this coming so we had uh we had pre-release versions of it to center promoters and in in doing so you know that got us on the uh, we got to support Phil Campbell and the bastard sons at the parish in Huddersfield, um, which was a r- complete honour. and a huge, huge Motörhead fan, um, so we got to do that, and it's it, it's kind of made approaching promoters easier. Um, so hopefully, it's well received. With that, but what I'd really love to do is get on some of the festivals next year. Um, I, I was I was fortunate enough to go to Bloodstock this year and had an absolutely great time. But I have a love hate relationship with festivals in that I love going to them. But I get so jealous watching the bands, and I'm just like, "I'm oh, man, I should be doing that. I should be that. Why isn't that me?" So I have this uh-huh. quite complicated relationship with them. But um, I'd like, I'd like to do, I'd like to focus primarily on doing the festivals next year as many as possible. Um Playing, obviously, playing shows in, in you know, in venues, of course. But I mean, we 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 had the opportunity to play Bloodstock in 2018, and it was an absolute um but I'd love to do it again. And they always, you know, they they always look after the bands there. Whether they're you know the opening of the smallest stage or the, the headliners, you know, they always really look after the bands there. Um obviously I'd love to uh, I'd love to get into somewhere else other than England. I'd love to get up to Scotland. Um but we've been talking about that for a long time. Uh potentially get up maybe maybe even do a bit of Ireland as well if we can. Um London's always on the radar, of course, so it's just tr- try and get it out as far and wide as possible, I think, right. as opposed to kind of any, any numerical value. No, that's fair. That's
0: absolutely fair. Uh, I guess, obviously, like you say, it's it's not so much about financially, it's just about people enjoying it and getting, mm. getting those ears and eyes on it. So hopefully it happens. It's, I can't see why not. Just, just, about, mm-hmm. push it, just about pushing boundaries. Um. Yeah. What was the overall message? Was there
2: anything that you kind of wanted to say and you feel like you've got it out there with, with the album? Um, what we've always done whenever we put something together is every song has its own individual message. So when, let's say we're talking about Alone as a God, as an argument, mm-hmm. um, we
1: just,
2: Alone as a God just kind of speaks to, I mean, you probably have to ask Dave for the actual literal meaning of what you're he, what talking about, but when, when I think about that song, it's just kind of like, you know, it, it's uh, it's lonely at the top. I think that's what that speaks to me, you know. You look at some of these figures that you really, really admire, not necessarily in music, but I mean, look at anyone who's extremely successful, particularly in any kind of entertainment field, and they've always got some kind of myriad of, of mental issues, you know. Um, I mean, take anyone who's, who's in that situation and then you always hear some Really tragic news story that some intrusive, shameless journalist has dug up about what kind of pills they prescribe. You know, um, and it's it's ter- it's always horrific. and sad, of course, but it just kind of speaks to you that. Like, yeah, it might be really appealing to you know it, to be completely financially independent and have everyone love you and everyone paying for your attention. But the reality of it is, it can't be it can't be that happy. Um, so I think it kind of speaks to that a little bit, but, as I say, i mean there's there's probably a much more literal meaning that Dave has put in there, and he's probably explained it to me. I just can't remember <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, that's but for the most part, every song has its own uh has its own kind of message um but what we really do want to do next um well not next necessarily, but what we really would like to do is a concept album where we focus solely on one one concept um, and and put that together, perhaps, you know, with a short film or something like that as well, that would be really cool. Um, when, you have a, when you have a lot of creative capability and, and resources in a band, such as we do, I mean, I'm a photographer, but Dave's also a filmmaker, a really good filmmaker too. So when you have all those resources in a band and you really start to, to chip away at some of these ideas that you might have had for a long time and then suddenly you've got all the, the resources to do it, kind of opens so many doors in in that you can express yourself with. So uh I think what what happens next is probably going to be a lot more uh, explicit in terms of its message. Okay. That's fair. Is there um a particular track or a, a moment that you
0: feel really proud of that you can just sort of sit back and go, Yeah, we nailed that boys that that was that was a job well done.
2: Yeah, there's there's one song on the album. Uh, the album's not out yet. The track listing in, isn't even released yet, so I can't say which one it is. Okay. Uh, but I can say it's epic, uh, and ev- so when you hear it, you'll know you'll know which one. It is. Um, and it, it, there there are parts of it where it's it's the first one we did in the control room, where we didn't write it in a room together. So it was the first one that kind of ideas aren't, naturally supposed to fit together we kind of forced them to do so and in doing so they naturally fit together um that song for me that's the one where i think to myself you know what that is the one where we really went above and above, um in terms of what we what we put together and we just had it, it was one of them sessions where ideas were just coming and coming and coming and coming and usually when you go back on them all you know a week or so later listen back to what you did it's very easy to poke holes in it but that one, we we all came back the following session, we were like god oh, damn, that's good and we were, we were so impressed with what we, we put together, we were like okay, nothing needs changing there, we just need to add more to it uh, and the further and further it went along and the more layers we had, particularly with guitars and bits of synth and, and things like that the stupider it got and we were kind of like we've done it, we've done it on this one um, I think every album has one of them songs, you know, and uh, where everyone just kind of thinks to themselves that's it's, it might not be the single, but man, for, for me it's the highlight, and it, I think it's always going to be the highlight, you know, the singles are always like super hard-hitting, fast-paced belters um, but the, the the moment I'm most proud of is, is still to be revealed, so okay. but I think people, people will know when they hear it Maybe it's one of those tracks that
0: it might make a special appearance at a show. It could be one of those you, you don't you don't necessarily think about
2: putting it in straight away, but it's like if you did like a a rarity set, it could be one of maybe, those may, maybe just on the, on the basis that it's a bugger to play live it may- <laughs> <laughs> so we' kind of we, we we're actually talking about it right now, like how can we do this live with like can we do we use looper pedals and things like that do we you know do we perhaps just stick a laptop somewhere on stage and do it all that way? And, so th- there's, there's ongoing discussions about how, because we do want to play it live, it's just when we play it in its current form, with just five of us, it, sa- it doesn't have the same energy that it is on the record, and it, mm-hmm. it feels like it's almost lacking, so we need to figure out how, you know, okay. how we're going to get that done.
0: I think I, um, I need to get around to listening to this album, it's in my mailbox, so I do need to... <laughs> I, need to, I, need, I need to listen to it so i can review it and put it to the episode definitely yeah. um, what I, I think we kind of touched us a little bit earlier johnny like in terms of way you guys kind of write um obviously you you wrote you know, part the part control room and then in, in the studio itself is there anything that you, when you're writing the album were there any sort of rituals or anything that you like to do to write an album do you kind of do you break off into your own spaces historically or, or this time obviously you say you're all
2: together um Usually it is all together, Um and usually we make a decision fairly early on in the process before we get any kind of notion about what it's going to equate to. So we, we don't we don't consider that we're going to do an album necessarily, or an EP, or a single, or anything like that. We don't decide on that there and then, because we don't know what, what's going to come next once we write a piece. Uh-huh. So we, we're, not, we're never really sure. This is the first time we ever kind of went, we're doing an album. Um, we didn't have a name for it, anything like that, we, we'd not structured it that way, but we knew that we were going to do an album, so ritualistically, no, there's there's not, the only kind of one that I can really identify, in terms of a ritual, as it were, I stopped listening to music, um, which is a really odd thing for a musician to do, somebody who's such a big, I'm a, I'm a big music fan, I love music, so it's a really odd thing to do, but I stopped, um, because i what I, the last thing I would want people to hear whenever they hear anything that I've written, and I don't recommend this for anyone else, but the last thing I want people to hear is my record collection. I want them to hear me. So I i stop, I give myself a break from music and only focus on the stuff that I'm doing. Um, and it I have found it, it, it might be one of them things, you know, like I'll only have four pints before the football match because historically they've always won when I've only had four pints. You know, it's one of them kind of weird mm. superstitions. Um, like I always wear odd socks when I go watch the rugby, that kind of thing. You know, it, it's it, it's one of them odd superstitions that maybe it sort of aligns with that, but it just seems to work for me. And I just I I, I focus on other things when I'm not doing it, so I, I get back into my photography, I, um, you know, focus on work or something like that. And so it's it it always always changes, um, but. For me, the, the best the best way to get the best out of me is for me to just kind of give myself a break from external influence, Um and it gives me time to catch up with podcasts. So can't be that bad. No, not, sounds like a plan. I can't remember
0: who it was, but I swear there's a another famous musician that has, has the same form. It might be Mark Hoppis from Blink um, that said about that they don't listen to anything else before writing an oh. album or making it. i would have to i I'd have to go back and find where I found this. And I was like. That's interesting. For the exact same reason you you were saying about don't want any other influences on the record other than what's in my head, sort of thing. So, yeah, that's a. I get that. I do understand where you're coming from. It's really interesting. Concept.
2: No, that's fascinating because Mark Mark is from from what I know of him, I'm not a huge fan of of pop punk or Blink One Two for that matter, but um, I do know that he's squarely like into creating music, like a lot. Um, he has his own studio, I think, doesn't he? Um, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's done some really cool stuff. I mean, I've heard some of the really cool stuff coming out of there, but um, I tend to follow people like that who just have this kind of absolute obsession. For you. Like, um, or the singer from the band A, Jason Perry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he he has a studio somewhere on the East Coast, I think. And for for all his sins, he, he does, you know, I mean, he a lot of McFly and Busted, but he also does a lot of really good stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> um uh, So he's he's doing he's doing some really cool stuff at the moment. Um, I know he's touring with A again at the minute, so. Yeah, they just recently played Slandon
0: the other weekend. So they're, they're, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're, they're
2: yeah.
0: back back around
2: again. Bless them. Really I just supposed to do some new music because I was such a big fan. I loved them back in the day. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm fortunate to have been around about 2000, 2003 when, when New Metal was really kicking off, you know, and, and that yeah. was the thing. Um, I was really fortunate to be a part of that that scene, really, and, and seeing A at Leeds West in 2003, I think it was, and they just brought out Starbucks, I think. It's crazy, absolutely crazy times.
0: Where does it go? Where it? I was only saying the other day. Like, I look back mm. on like the year like 2005 or 2001 or whatever, and it's like, geez, that, that was like a different lifetime ago. Now
2: <laughs> so it's, it's like
1: so long ago. Um, and, yet it,
2: and yet it feels like I just woke up yesterday, and it was my like 13th birthday. So <laughs> I'd say if only that was
0: the truth for us all, right? especially when we start hitting the mid 30s. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> it's painful. Um, aside so from obviously the album, what have you guys been up to? And it's very
2: strangest of strangest times hmm. well i mean we try and behave as normally as possible i mean I, I think i speak for i guess i speak for everyone i'm sick to the back teeth of hearing words like surge and uh, <laughs> lockdown and restrictions and bubble and i'm sick of hearing it and uh you know and i know that they're all necessary the evils i know that they're you know they've all been important it's you know, it's gonna be an important moment in history that we'll all look back on one day and, and kinda of go, you know, we endured that quite well. But um I I think I speak for everyone when I'm sick of hearing about it, and I don't wanna be kind of I, I don't wanna dwell on it any more than I have to. So when like I say when we get there we ignore it, we pretend it doesn't exist and we carry on as normal because it's the best way for us to behave uh, when we're doing what we do when we love it. So um, you know, it, it but other other things that we're getting up to. I mean, I'm like I say, I do photography, um, so I'm I'm quite happy with that. Um, but I also uh, I also have a hairdressers and barbers with my with my girlfriend as well. Uh, Liam, he's a tattoo artist, uh, owns his own tattoo studio, Rodas Tattoos. You know, so everybody keeps busy. Lee teaches drums. Rad's a chef and a damn good one at that. Uh, Dave, like I said, is an actor. He does filmmaking as well. So we all keep very busy when we're not doing music stuff. Um, we all find a couple of hours here and there to sleep, but you know where where they fall, I don't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> 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 it's just yeah, we, we like to keep busy. We like to keep busy, and I think that's I think that's healthy. Um, you know, just keeping yourself occupied and creating as much as humanly possible. You know sort of like getting on with the mundane like your day job and then leaving as much room as, as possible to do the things that you really love and if you're not spending every waking moment doing those things that you love then for me you it feels like a waste of time oh
0: 100 i think you've got to um you first you have to do what you love it's pointless otherwise because you sure spend a lot of time doing things that you'd rather not be doing like Monday nine to five jobs the yeah yeah I'd love to ditch that if I could. Um <laughs> but it pays the bills, you know, but it puts the roof over my head and food on my table, so I can't can't look up yeah, you know, look at it badly. But yeah, no, so I agree with you about him where it's like bubble and like honestly. The word coronavirus is one that I'd love to get rid of from the dictionary as well because two years ago it was it was there in the dictionary, just no one ever like highlighted it with a highlight and now it's been highlighted. It's yeah it's, just, it's like it Was there two years ago? It's just that no Oxford scientist pulled it out a dictionary. Um, <laughs> never mind, it is what it is, but hey ho! But we'll, like I say, keep moving, keep doing the things you love, and it's, it's the healthiest way to be rather than dwelling on anything negative.
2: Well, What's um, I think, the, I think we're over the hump, so
0: I i do. I I strongly believe, I think, the the biggest game changer was having the vaccination mm-hmm. come out, yeah, because especially in this country. I, I can't speak about the rest of the countries, but, you know, I was looking. If, I went to the press for Slam Dunk a week, weeks back, and um, I certainly believe that had we not got the vaccination, none of the festivals would have gone ahead in any capacity in this country this summer.
2: Yeah. And, and Bloodstock was the same. Bloodstock was exactly the same. And, you know, when, when you got there, like, you didn't even think for one second that there was anything wrong at all. And it was fantastic. But they were so on it, like, behind the scenes, they were on it. You know, we were working in one of the the, the shops, and um we had to like provide a negative pcr test every two days yeah blah, blah, blah. and you know they were super on it and there were hand sanitizer stations everywhere they couldn't have done you know and they did a lot of things that they, did, they didn't have to do to ensure everybody's safety but they went ahead and did it and they went above and beyond so i can't say enough about how great bloodstock are anyway but to to do that to make sure that the festival goes ahead as safely as possible that was you know that was really really cool of them
0: i've yeah i've got a lot of love for those guys at the moment and for anyone that's endured trying to put a festival edition on from what 2019 and the fact mm-hmm. that even leading up to the festival this year for those guys in particular that lineup was changing unfortunately constantly even the last yeah. few days so you know fair play to all the festival goers and organizers out there especially those guys you know similar to like sandunk you know sanitizers were everywhere, everywhere i went to um, watch blackstone cherry of night in Birmingham and that's a weird gig experience at the moment. Like, I think we take it for granted that you just sort of rocked up and you did your bag check as normal, like you would normally. But now you have to show like negative lateral flows or past COVID passes. Yeah, yeah and, and I get it, all for it. But it's just a very weird experience to add into what it was. It's like, Christ, I took that for granted all these years. That just rock right. up, show a ticket. But hey, no, it is what it
2: is. Um, <laughs> what, what's next for Black Falcon um, apart from obviously the album? Well, um, we have uh, a couple of shows this side of Christmas lined up already. We've got, of course, uh, we're playing in Hull on the 2nd of October um, mm-hmm. at O'Reilly's. That should be a band burner, that one. We're playing with some good bands Kingsman, Sabre Cruiser. And uh, there's another band that's been announced, but it's, it's on the tip of my tongue and it'll come back to me. And then we are playing our release show at the Underground in Bradford, in our sunny hometown of Bradford. Um, with a support TBC. Um, We were supposed to have Hellfire Jack on, great, like Harrogate's finest, Um, but they unfortunately can no longer do it, so we're now on the lookout for somebody else. Um, But we've got some in the pipeline, so we'll we'll announce that in due course. But um, yeah, so those are what we've got planned at the moment from a live perspective. Um, Obviously, we're endeavouring to get more and more and more, particularly in the new year. Um, So a lot of work behind the scenes is going on with that. Um, and then, obviously, we've got uh, got new music, uh, eventually, when no dates planned for that yet. Um, I don't think, any, you know, we we know that we're going to be doing them, but we just don't know when. It will it'll definitely be next year. I know that much. Um, but I'm probably, I don't know, maybe like a summer, summer release, something like that, I don't know. It'll be, I think we'll have a better idea of it. When the album's out, and we've kind of sat with it for a while, and it's mm-hmm. out in the out in the ether a little bit more, um, we'll probably have a better idea of like when's the right time to to start pushing new stuff out.
1: Awesome.
2: But we know that we'll have more music videos because we, we enjoy doing them.
0: And the fact that you you, could do you do photography, you've got someone that makes films, so
2: all those skills come together. It's a it's a perfect recipe.
0: Going to finish off with some fun questions for yourself now. Um. So we're far out of here. Um, who should you up to record a record with and why?
2: Hmm. Jimmy Page. Uh just because I mean he's a man, isn't he? He's just <laughs> uh, you know, led Zeppelin are the Led Zeppelin are the best rock band ever. So I mean why wouldn't why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? But I mean uh, yeah, the guy's just a creative genius as well and he's a hell of a producer too, so um, working with him would be a, a really good time, and he's got some of the coolest guitar gear dating back to like the 60s and 70s, so he'd have a few toys for me to play with. Yeah, we all like gadgets, don't we, us blokes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, not sure if you're a comic book fan, but um, Marvel or DC? DC, okay, okay. Um, any do you just like the way their films
2: are done, or just is it co- more of a comic book DC it's, element of DC? It's sort of half and half. Uh, I'm a big, big Superman fan. I'm a huge Superman fan. And Henry Cavill did an awesome Superman. I don't care what anyone says about it. He did, yeah, 100%. He really did. But uh, obviously Batman. Batman's just the gold standard about as as comic book movies go. I mean, you can... The Avengers is okay. But, I mean, when you want a true anti-hero story, you know, Batman's the guy. But it's also about the comic books as well. I mean, because there's that many different multiverses, especially with Batman. You know, you've got this multiverse where you've got uh, you've got Two-Face sat in a cell and he's verted to using tarot cards to make every decision in his life and he ends up wetting himself I think I, I, Marvel couldn't do that <laughs> Oh, uh, no, I tell her like, they might, they could do it but they wouldn't you know <laughs> and you, wouldn't have, you just wouldn't have the same demographic
0: I think that's the difference No, that's fair, to be fair like as as a big Marvel fan, I'd have to agree with you
2: on that like
0: yeah, they, they 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 couldn't. It's simple; as that. they they just do it differently. It's simple, simple as that. But if,
2: but if you ask Liam, basically, he'd say neither, because he's a two thousand AD guy. Okay, this yeah, is he's the, the he's a Judge Dread fanatic. This is the thing about like comic book fandom. We've all got our different
0: kind of bits that we like to mm. take. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, if you could put a band together. Who would you pick? So you could either be like the front man or the lead guitarist, and you've got kind of feeling around yourself. Who would, you, who would you pick and why?
2: So me on guitar, that that's what you mean, yeah? Yes. Okay, so so there would be me on guitar, without a doubt. <laughs> uh On an other guitar, I would not have Brent Hines, because he would show me up. Um, <laughs> not Um I wouldn't even have Bill Keller. Um, I would probably have uh, Tony Iommi. not that he wouldn't show me up just because it'd be cool um bass John paul Jones uh drums the guy from a sugar um Mike man- no it's not Matt man Jean I can't remember his name the guy from sugar him uh and on vocals and um, oh, we were literally talking about this the other night. Uh oh, the guy, the guy, the guy, the guy will comes to me. Uh, Steven Tyler. You know, that's a pretty diverse band. Yeah, it
0: really is. <laughs> it's it's got it's got a little bit riffing in there. Yeah, <laughs> it does. cool. I like that. Um, and lastly, what was that last album you listened to over the over over the new a? Hmm,
2: the last oh wow, the the last album I listened to love it over there. Mind um, the the last oh the last album I listened to in full was actually um it was in the gym the other day and I was listening I'm a bit behind the times with it but till uh, till Linderman his side okay. project Lindemann the the last album that they did and it is the last album they're never going to do another project together as far at least that's what he said anyway but um I'm a huge I'm a I'm a big Ramstein fan I like till Linderman's work all the till Linderman's work cool that new song he did that I hate kids and mm. that that's cool. and the, the short film that he made as well oh that was cool um who knew that he could speak fluent russian who knew? <laughs> who knew but, uh, <laughs> but yeah that was that was cool I liked that one any either that or um oh there was that other the, another band that Liam showed me I don't know who it was now and it was like another it was like a death some death call that he showed me. But it was just really—it was really hard-hitting and heavy stuff. So I'm like, oh, I'm into that. I'm pretty sure it was uh, till uh, it was the Lindemann band thing. Okay, that's cool. And um, that's
0: it for myself, dude. Thank you once again for taking the time out of your day to join us on Setting the Tone. Um, I wish you all the best with the release of the album. Um, can't wait for it to hit the world. I will certainly go away and um, give it a little listen now myself, and then look out mm-hmm. for that, that track—the the the, the, sure. the track. You, from... You'll know it when you get there i'm sure i will i'm sure i will i normally like like yourself i normally count what that one track i'm normally listening to them and I'm like, god that's that's the track is it that's that's the track of that album so yeah every like I said, every album's got one of those definitely yeah, absolutely but awesome <laughs> man Awesome. Well, hopefully um meet you one day for a few points at the show you never know
1: I'll
0: absolutely certainly keep, certainly keep an eye out for the, the band on the few
2: listings out about the country we'll be around definitely awesome mate take care thank you once again for your time i appreciate that. thank you
0: so that was Johnny from Black Falcon and um, once again a massive massive thank you to Johnny for his time, really appreciate that as I said to close out the show we're playing Alone a God from Black Falcon's upcoming album Skyburn, which is out on the 22nd of October please 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 make sure you go and check this one out, if you love your prog or your metal, um, I guarantee you will really be impressed with this it's a, as I said earlier in the show it's another pleasant surprise for um, a grassroots band if you like, so here comes Alone as a God um, to close out the show once again, thank you to everyone that's checked out my voice. Once again, for another episode that really means the world. If you haven't done so already, please can I ask you to head over to our socials, give us a like, give us a follow. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our Facebook and Instagram handle is simply Setting Tone UK Podcast, and our Twitter handle is STT UK Podcast. If you wish to come on the show and talk about what you've got coming out as a band or what you're working on, um, we can do that. Please reach out through the social media channels, or you can reach out via email. Our email is stt settingthetone at outlook.com or if you wish um, to submit something to be reviewed, you can do it that way as well. Um, just come over and share some love. Please like the, the, the buttons that you're choosing to listen to the show on. As so the show goes out on Apple, it goes out on Spotify, it goes on Amazon, Amazon, sorry, and it goes out on Podbean. It means absolute absolutely well to have your support on board, your continued support. Once again, thank you, and take care. Bye-bye for now.